my name is Ramika, and I'm sharing everything I know about how to love in a healthier way and how to matter in a more meaningful way. Welcome to Kinfolk. It truly feels like it is so much harder to make friends as an adult than it was as a child. And honestly, I don't know that the fundamentals about building a friendship has shifted since kindergarten, but it feels like it because I think what we bring into relationships as we get older are more stories about who we are and about who other people are. And with that comes fears and insecurities about how we show up and how other people see us show up and You know, we of course have our own fear of rejection and a lot of building friendships, especially new friendships, is about playing tug of war with rejection. And depending on your background, that's gonna be a lot easier for you to roll with or a lot more difficult. And so I want you to know that you're not alone in feeling like you're lonely and feeling like you don't really have a lot of friends. I think this is truly one of the top three, if not top two, loneliest seasons of my life. And I share that just to level with you. Like, I have always had friendships, like a lot of friends. And I honestly think it's because extroverts along the way have always taken me under their wing. And then I have this like huge pool of other extroverts. And of course, I would find an introvert here or there, but I've never had a season in my life where I haven't had a bunch of friends. And I think part of that comes from my own story. And I'm, I believe probably yours too. Like when you grow up and you don't really have a familial support system, then in order to get that, you have to build it on your own. You have to go out and you have to make friends. And so How I kind of responded to my childhood trauma was I started building a network of friends that became the family that I really wanted and they filled gaps of support. And so now I'm in what I would probably refer to as one of the top loneliest seasons of my life. And I know that sounds dramatic and honestly it is a little bit because I'm just in the thick of it. But I feel really lonely, and I have for a little bit. And I think that's one of the first places you have to go when you're considering going out to build new friendships or deepen friendships. Because I think what happens is we experience the discomfort of feeling lonely, and it's so uncomfortable that we start getting desperate. Like I just need to do something or make a friend so that I don't have to sit in the discomfort of feeling the loneliness that I'm feeling. I don't like it. I don't want it. And I think there's like a lot of that, that is a healthy response. Like we were not meant to be isolated or on our own. We were meant to be a part of a community. And so there's an element of that discomfort that you should feel because it it's what will help drive you outside of yourself to go find a community. But I think before you go out in desperation, you have to be willing to sit in that discomfort. And 
what you do in that discomfort is critical to how and who you choose to build friendships with. What I mean by that is in that discomfort, what we really need to be doing is a lot of self-reflection because we have to realize and come to terms with what we're actually looking for. Where do we want support and name it, right? Like I know we've talked about before, name what seems vague and in discomfort, there's a lot of that in terms of relationships that just seems vague. And so tell your story about why you're lonely. And I think for me, like I have felt more and more lonely the longer I have lived in this house. And it kind of is in contradiction to one another. And I've had different things that have been at play as well that are definitely a factor. But I think one of the biggest transitions with moving into this house, it'll be two years come April. But even though I'm a part of the same church, I'm in a new region. And so I don't know anybody here. And it's been a lot to like settle into a new house and have that big milestone. And typically those are things that you celebrate with family and friends. And, you know, a lot of times your family and friends are in the same place. And I chose to move to a house that, you know, I felt like on paper, it was a great decision and monetarily like great investment but it's an hour and a half when you factor in traffic from my sister and family. And so logistically, that definitely creates some barriers when it comes to how much we can invest during the week. Like, I think we both do a great job of like, we're close. And I didn't mean to pause, we genuinely are close. And we still get to be a part of each other's day to day life. And I feel really grateful but the reality of being an hour and a half away and both of us working jobs and you know we all we both have responsibilities that come up we can't be together or just say like hey let's go grab dinner real quick and then you know i can still get my work done like we really do have to be intentional about the time that we spend together and i think that has definitely shifted how much support I feel like is like within reach for me right now. And I definitely think like transitioning into a new job and, you know, having things shift with even, you know, social media and my platforms, like there's a lot that of plates that are constantly moving. And I feel like each day I'm just processing more and more on my own. And so, you know, you take that, you take a lot of people that I'm surrounded by that I don't really know well yet. And it just feels like a really lonely season. And so that's what it looks like to just tell your story about why you're lonely. And in that, you probably even heard from me like things or ways that I'm looking for support. And I think what happens when we're willing to take the time and sit in the discomfort until we can name what kind of support we're looking for, it helps us from reaching out prematurely in desperation and then creating codependent relationships, relationships that look like I'm just going to you know, invest in the first person who doesn't reject me and I'm going to hold on tight 
And I'm going to try to make this work, even if that's not a great relationship that you need to be investing in. Or it looks like going out and creating a friendship that really could be good, but you're bringing in a lot of desperate, unhealthy mindsets. And so you become codependent in that relationship emotionally where you're constantly wondering like if they're okay with you so that you can feel okay with you because you really need them to be there in a desperate kind of way because you haven't named for yourself what support you're looking for. And so you feel like dependent on this other relationship to help you feel happy or help you feel worthy or help you feel whatever you're in reality looking for that won't be found in them. And so you have to sit in the discomfort and just wait for a little bit. And that feels so uncomfortable. I've been doing this for almost two years. Like I said, it's I've felt lonelier ever since I moved to this house. And it's funny because what's also happening is it's like one of the biggest milestones in my life, right? In my career, I worked really hard to buy this home and I saved up a lot in order to buy this home. And, you know, like there's just been a lot of really cool things that have happened. My office is one of the favorite rooms that I've created and, you know, getting to share that on a platform and watching rooms that like I designed start going viral. Like there's a lot of really cool things. Copeland and I go for walks and, this area compared to where I lived when I was closer to my sister has so many cool trails. And so we get to go on a walk every single day. And it's one of my favorite things to do. I love the restaurants here. I'm really close to a drive-in movie theater. This The pace of life on this side of the DFW area is a lot slower and more laid back than the other side. And so there's a lot of really cool things that are happening over here that weren't happening when I lived closer to my sister. But the reality is that has fed into my own loneliness. And so environment is one of those factors. Transition or life transitions, another one of those factors, you know, like losing friendships or grieving a loss definitely impacts your perceived support, like amount of support, or like physically the number of people that you have around you supporting. All of those things create different situations for you that could be leading to your loneliness. And so telling your story just helps you conceptualize exactly what happened. And then from the story, you're able to identify exactly what you are looking for, right? Like if you lost someone and you're grieving that, then consider what kind of friend, what need that friend was meeting so that you can name it and you can go out and intentionally look for your next friendship. My grandpa used to say this to me, and it's one of the last conversations that I ever had with him, and it's always stuck with me. And I apply it in so many different life situations, but he always told me that it was important that in any relationship, people have two qualities about them, that they're teachable and they're available. And if they have those two qualities, you can 
literally take on the world with another person. Teachability and availability is like critical when you're going out and you're looking for friendships. That really will help you weed out the people that you're probably spending too much energy on. If every time you're talking to someone and they kind of shut down your advice or, you know, they come to you and they're asking you questions like what should they do? They're asking you for input, but they never apply it. They're not teachable. Right. And you probably have those friendships or have had those friendships. So you know what I'm talking about. And then there's the other extreme, which is availability, right? So you have this person that anytime you guys are together, like it's going really well, you're able to like build off of each other. It's an easy relationship, easy conversation. Like you just get each other, you click, but like that person books you out, like every three months you're able to get together. And so it really hinders relationships when people aren't both teachable and available. You have to have both. Now, I do think that there are people when I really consider that are probably a part of that only teachability group or only availability group. And they kind of stay around, but those aren't the people that like I like carve out my time for. Those aren't the people that I like drop everything for. They're probably on like one of the outer circles, but they're not the people that I choose to truly invest in. And I think that's what makes it so lonely because there are plenty of people in this world who are either teachable or available. And I think in our discomfort of just like sitting with the loneliness, we end up trying to like force an investment in a relationship of people who are either or as opposed to being patient and just waiting and investing once those two happen or once we go out and we find someone who you know, they have both teachability and availability. And so I think that it's like one of those nuggets of wisdom that like you take it or leave it, but that'll tell me a lot about you if you're teachable. (laughs) No, I'm joking, but you know, like take it or leave it. But I think it's one of those areas that just helps make everything a little bit more clear. I apply it to work, like coworkers, if they're constantly coming to me, like they feel constantly stressed out within the role and I'm trying to support them or help them, but they're not really taking advice. Those aren't the people that like, I am like stopping everything with or like staying later, you know, in my own workday and investing more into, they have to be both teachable and available. Now, I think once you find someone who is teachable and available, I go into like three pockets of types of friendships because I always say that I think the older you get, the smaller your circle gets. And I know that that's like well known, like everybody says that, but I truly believe that it's true. Like, I think part of it is that once we get older, we start having more responsibilities. And so that availability piece is a lot more slim. But I think there's another part to it that the older you get, the more you grow. And when you look around, I think it just clicks that not everybody is set on growing. Like not everybody wants to be wiser. 
do more, you know, go different places. And so you naturally start weeding out more and more people until you have a really small circle. So if I had to pick just three types of friendships that I would choose to invest in, I would choose to invest in someone who calls me higher. This is someone who doesn't concede to me wanting to be mediocre. Like, when I just say I'm not motivated and I'm waiting to be motivated and that feeling never comes and, you know, like I'm just constantly just like staying mediocre. This is someone who's going to be like, I think you have it in you to do more, to be more, to have more impact. And maybe this is the kind of friend that also goes out and they do it with you. They'll be like, come with me. Like I go to this group or, you know, like I know about this podcast or like they're constantly feeding you with ways that you can be called higher. And they're not okay with you staying mediocre because they believe in you more than you believe in you at some points probably. I always love to have someone in my circle who calls me higher. Then I have those who are willing to call me out and outside of myself. So calling me out just looks like those people who just don't take my crap, you know, like they are not intimidated by me on paper. They don't care about how many followers I have or, you know, my achievements that I've made or, you know, like the, the story and my childhood and like the underdog story and my victories that I've overcome, like they will always humble me <laughs> and they're willing to in a loving way. Like, I think there's definitely a way to go about that, that you have to have trust in that relationship and a level of respect in the relationship before this can come into play. But the people who call you out aren't the people who are going to be intimidated or back down because of who you are on paper. They don't give you any special treatment because of it. And it's because they respect you too much. Someone who calls me higher and someone who calls me out. Now, this could also be someone who calls me outside of myself. Like, like you guys know, I, I live with depression and so not only am I introverted, but my mental health is kind of isolating and keeps me alone as well. And so it really does help to have a person who calls you just to be outside of yourself, like to think on a greater scale, like think global, think outside of you, think about other people, just that friend who reminds you that there's more to life than you. And I think, again, this is one of those relationships that there has to be a lot of trust and a lot of respect, because if not, it can come across as condescending and just rude and disrespectful. But the type of people in my life who are able to do this for me, I know respect me. Like, there is no question on my end. And I think if there were, it wouldn't work as well. But I, without a doubt, know that they respect me. They respect how hard I've worked. They respect where I come from. And and then I would have someone who just calls me. I think this is a lot of times when you're feeling lonely, 
you just want someone who's willing to call you at all. This is an initiator, somebody who just picks up the phone. They're the first to text. They're sending you memes or they're sending you TikToks. Like they're checking in on you. They're following up on like, you said this one thing. They're asking you random questions. I I think it could look like any of those and none of those. I think it could just look like them sitting on the phone with you and just being willing to be someone who calls. Someone who calls me higher. Someone who calls me out and outside of myself. And someone who calls me. If I had to choose just three friendships, those are the three that I would choose. And I wouldn't stop until I found them. So notice I said, you have to go out and find them. Like you literally have to get out of your house. And y'all know I'm the biggest homebody. And so I'm preaching to the choir. This is probably the hardest thing. I want to believe that somebody is just going to come to my door. But the reality is, even if somebody came to my door, when I'm in the mindset that I'm like hibernating and I need somebody to come and get me, I'm not answering my door. (laughs) So even in that situation, we still have to be willing to risk some rejection and risk human connection. And I think this is something that has gotten a lot harder for us post COVID because we just got kind of weird, you know, like you're just in your house, you're doing your own thing, you're thinking your own thoughts. And one of the coolest things about being a part of community is that you're constantly being challenged. Like it doesn't need to be a negative challenge, but we're being challenged by one another. Like we're challenging the way that we talk, the way that we think, the way that we act simply by being exposed to one another. And so with COVID and not getting those opportunities, we were left to our own thoughts, our own way of acting, our own way of being. And that's just a little weird, you know? And so one of the ways that really helps me is like introducing different routines in my day-to-day schedule that help me get out of my house. And so I'm gonna be that friend for you that calls you outside of yourself. Like, I'm not always gonna be your friend. You're not always gonna like what I'm saying to you, but I'm telling you, you gotta get out of your house. And so Walks with Copeland is one of those ways that I have been able to intentionally get out of my house. Now it's really good for my mental health. I share that all the time. It's really good for Copeland. I live in a townhome. I don't have a yard where he can just go out and run. So it's great for him to be able to get out too and get some exercise. But I think at the end of the day, this is one of those friends that I have in my circle who calls me outside of myself, who's just like, Ramika, you got to get out of your house. And so for me, I, I had to take that seriously because I respect them. I respect their input. I try to be teachable and available. And so, you know, I was like, you know, they're right. I need to integrate that. And I think your follow-up question naturally should be, well, then where do I go? And to that, I say, go anywhere you want. I don't think it has to be this big thing. Go where you're already going to be, but choose to intentionally seek after a way to connect with other people while you're out there. Like be in Target, do your grocery shopping, be at Costco, 
And while you're at Costco, spark a conversation, you know, with the cashier or you're in the aisle with someone who's buying the same thing or they're all looking at dog food and choose to say, man, my dog is like breaking out in allergies really badly. I'm out here looking for another food. What kind of dog do you have? You know, like I, I will be the first to tell you that I am the worst at small talk. And it's not because I don't love people. I genuinely believe that I couldn't love people anymore. I actually could, (laughs) but I love people, but I really value meaningful connections with people, which makes small talk really hard for me. Like I would rather ask you about the last time you cried than about what kind of dog food you typically buy. But the way that I've been able to shift my mindset is I realized that by asking them about the dog food that they're going to buy, it gets me to the last time that they've cried. And so I have to be willing to do one to get what I really want, which is the meaningful connection. And so go where you're already going, but choose to make a connection while you're there. Going on walks with Copeland, um, you know, we do that every single day. That's just a part of a routine that I've built. And we started when he was 12 weeks after he got all of his shots and I remember making a decision, like I'm going to make eye contact with people on the trail and I'm going to say, hi, I'm going to ask them how they're doing, you know, if the situation presents itself, but I'm at least going to make eye contact and I'm going to say hi and I'm going to smile. And what happens when you smile is it naturally releases a hormone called dopamine, right? And so you naturally feel a little better. You're already getting fresh air. So that's also giving you some shots of hormones and making that human connection just gets you comfortable with like talking to people you don't know. And it was actually on the walk, Copeland's 12 weeks, like I said, and with the company I was working for, the only availability I really had was to go on walks around 536 o'clock. And so we would go to the same trail because I really wanted him to get into a routine where he was used to the environment because we were training and we started going around the same time. And every time we would go, we would, I would be saying hi to the same woman who had an older golden retriever and her golden retriever started following us, you know, on one of those walks. And so I'm like, oh, great. Cause I had a bunch of anxiety, like, oh no, this isn't just a hi. Like I'm going to have to actually talk to her. Like, and how long is she going to walk? Like, are we going to walk three miles together? Is she just going to do a couple steps and then can she like graciously leave the opposite direction? Like it was awkward. I'm, but that forced me into a situation where she just kept walking. We walked for three miles together. And I find out that she goes on the same walk every single day at 530, which is the same time I had availability and I was on the trail. And she was like, you know, some days I don't always get out because I'm a teacher and I have three kids. But when I can, I really try to go on these walks for like at least an hour. And so I'm like finding out about her family, like we're talking and I would consider her even though she wouldn't be in like my inner circle of friends, but now a friend that I have built that I don't know where that'll go down the road. But it all started by just going where I was going. And while I was there choosing to make a connection, I just made a decision for myself that like, man, like I, I know, and this is honestly from one of those relationships that calls me higher. I just have been feeling conflicted that like 
my relation to how I serve people who have less than I do is to throw money at it. Like I donate, you know, and this isn't to like pat me on the back, but I think that's so impersonal. I think that's the least personal way to connect with another person. I think it's needed, but I think it requires the least of me. And so I've been feeling like I really need a way to just get on the ground and like talk and hang out, you know, like with the people that I really want to serve. And so I just signed up. This is really new um, to go and volunteer, you know, a couple hours every week. And my goal with that is like, yes, like it's calling me higher, but while I'm there to make connections with people who we obviously have to have something in common, like some kind of shared value because we're both out there choosing to volunteer our time. And I'm sure some friendships will come out of that. But just risking rejection is part of making human connection. And it used to be something that I would try to avoid. And honestly, up until the more recent years, I've tried to avoid rejection at all costs. But there's a level of desperation now that's there or the discomfort that has pushed me to get back into community on this level and really engage with the communities while I'm out there. And it's a good thing. But I think what it's also done is given me so many more opportunities to experience rejection. And so I think if that's the point where you're getting held up, like you don't want to be rejected, you don't want to put yourself out there and then have somebody like pull back or say they don't know, this is a numbers game, right? Like you don't get to know who's teachable and available or just teachable or just available without getting to know a bunch of people. And so the more you're willing to get out there and the more you risk rejection, the less significant the rejection is. It's like getting told no for the first time and then getting told no for the 50,000th time. Like at some point, the significance of the no lessens so that you can continue putting yourself out there and experience that same thing over and over again. The more you get exposed to rejection, the less significance the rejection will become. And part of building those friendships is risking rejection. It just comes with the territory. And so that's one of the first pieces with getting out there that you're going to have to confront within yourself is what about the rejection? What does rejection, their rejection say about you and your worth? And if you start there, you'll start understanding what you're actually trying to avoid and confront it by constantly putting yourself in situations where you're exposed to rejection so that it becomes less and less significant. I've given you a lot to think about. I don't know if we're ready for the follow-up question, which is how do I deepen the relationships I already have? I think you start here. You start by sitting with the discomfort for why you feel lonely and naming what feels vague about the loneliness, coming up with your three types of relationships that you're intentionally looking for, and then risking rejection so that you can find ways to build human connection. What about this is challenging you? What about this is like giving you hope and freedom and just something to think about? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the DMs. I can't wait to hear your feedback. Let's plan to talk soon.